Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Salam, Allah Rasulillah, Wala Alihi, Wasahihi, Wala, Amma Bad, Assalamu Alaikum, Rahmatullahi, Allah, Wurkatu. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today we are continuing with hadith number 37. And in this hadith, the Prophet says, What? Inna Allah kataba al Hasanati was Sayyati, Thumma bayyana thalika. Faman hamma bi Hasanatin, Falam ya melha, kataba hallahu indahu Hasanatan kamilatan. وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ عِنْدَهُ عَشْرَ حَسَنَاتٍ إِلَى سَبْعِمِئَةِ ضِعْفٍ إِلَى أَضْعَافٍ كَثِيرَةٍ وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِسَيْئَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حَسَنَةً كَامِلَةً وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَبَهَا Allah recorded the good deeds and evil deeds. Then he clarified that. What does this mean that he clarified that? Like he clarified how this is being recorded. So, so whoever intended good but did not do it, Allah recorded one complete good deed. But if he intended it and did it, then Allah, the most glorious and the most great, recorded 10 to 700 good deeds and even more to his credit, and even possibly more to his credit. But if he intended an evil and did not commit it, then Allah wrote down for him one full good deed. And if he intended that, but also committed it, then Allah made an entry of only one evil deed against him. So subhanAllah, let's break this hadith down bit by bit so that we can all be clear as to what's going on here. So the first portion is very straightforward. Inna Allah kataba al-hasanat wa sayyat. Indeed, Allah writes down and records the good deeds and bad deeds. We as believers, we believe, actually coincidentally, subhanAllah, uh, the Imam just was reciting what? Uh, Allah says what? Wa kullu saghirin wa kabirin mustatar. That Allah says, uh, uh, and every small and great thing is inscribed. Right at the end of Surah Qamar, Allah mentions that everything, good and bad, every even intention, word, thought, Every action, it's all inscribed. That we, uh, as you all know, we have angels on our right and our left writing down every good deed and every bad deed uh, uh, on the right and the left respectively. So, the question is, does this even include thoughts? And the answer is yes. ذلك, the hadith goes on and says, then he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified this. He clarified what this means to, to write down every good deed. And then the Prophet describes four categories. So what are these four categories? It's when you intend good, but don't end up doing it. Intend good, but end up doing it. Intend bad and don't do it. Intend bad and do it. I hope that's clear to everybody. So it's either intending good, you actually do it or don't, or intending bad, do it or don't, right? That's the four categories. So pretty straightforward. And then the Prophet goes on to describe each of these four categories and breaks down what is the ajr, what is the reward for each of these categories. So the first one, فَمَنْ هَمَّ بِحَسَنَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حَسَنَةً كَامِنَةً Whoever intended a good deed but never did it, Allah recorded one complete good deed for it. So subhanAllah, this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you just had the intent of doing something good you never actually even did it. It was just a fleeting thought. Maybe you got busy, maybe you got distracted, but you wanted to do something. Now the key word here is hamma. What is a hamma? A hamma, there's different words for uh, thoughts or ideas in one's mind. So let's go through them. In Arabic, there's al-hajis. Al-hajis is like a fleeting thought. You know, sometimes some random thing comes to your mind and it goes away. That's called hajis in Arabic. Then there's khatir. Al-khatir. What is a khatir? A khatir is a thought that you give some consideration, but then eventually goes away. So one is, comes to your mind, goes away immediately. That's hajis. The other one is what? It comes to your mind, you think about it for a second, but ultimately it just goes away. So it's, very, it's like a quick brief thought in your mind that you entertain for a moment, momentarily. 
Number three is hadith al-nafs. Hadith al-nafs is something that you contemplated and considered for some time. You took it a little bit more seriously, but that's it. That was the extent of it. But, and, and this is, Allah says, and the Prophet ﷺ says about all these three categories, you know, thoughts that come to your mind and you think about it a little bit and, and then it kind of goes away. All of these thoughts, uh, uh, the Prophet ﷺ said what? إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَجَاوَزَ عَنْ أُمَّتِي مَا حَدَّثَتْ بِهِ أَنفُسَهَا مَا لَمْ تَعْمَلْ أَوْ تَتَكَلَّمْ Allah has forgiven or overlooked my followers the evil thoughts that occur in their minds as long as such thoughts are not put into action or into speech. So all of these random weird thoughts you get throughout the day, as long as they're coming to mind and going away, coming to mind and going away, even if you entertain it a little bit, but then eventually you just try to you know, shoo it away. Then, as long as you didn't talk about it, you didn't act upon it, and you eventually let these evil thoughts get out of your mind, then Allah Ta'ala overlooks this. This is what this hadith is mentioning. But what about the word, and, and how should we react to evil thoughts and bad thoughts? Ultimately, you should take refuge in Allah. As, the, as Allah says, That if an evil suggestion comes to you from shaitan, then you should seek refuge in Allah. Indeed, He is the all-hearing and all-knowing. So in other words, all these thoughts, if an evil thought comes to your mind, try to get rid of it by asking Allah, take refuge in Allah from shaitan, from the devil. But so we have hajis, khatir, hadith al-nafs, but then more than that is hem. And that's exactly the word that I want to focus on today, because this is the, the word in the hadith that, that is uh, in question. Al-hem means what? A decision. That means you didn't just think about it, but you considered it and it became an intention. That is called a hem. So you thought about something and you're like, I, I am determined, I, I want to do this. That is different than, than an azm. Azm is a determination. Like, I don't just intend to do it, but I am determined even through thick and thin, I'm going to get through it. That's an azm. That's even further than what we're talking about. Today we're just talking about hem. To have this intention of doing something. So what happens? If you have the intention to do something, but then because it wasn't a determination, you weren't super dead set on it, but you just had an intention to do something, but then you got distracted, you got busy, whatever the case is, you still get the deed as if you did it. Imagine this. You could make the intention of saying, Ya Allah, if I have the means this year, if I have the wealth to do it, I want to make hajj. So you made the intention. And then it turns out you didn't have the means. But you had the intention. What does that mean? That's as if you made hajj. You get one, it's written down for you as if you made the hajj. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, if you get nothing else from this talk, just think about this. Always consider your good options. Whether they're possible or impossible. Whether they're realistic or unrealistic. Just keep thinking about good. Why would Allah Ta'ala give you the reward? Because ultimately, good deeds start with a thought. That's the, that's the reason why. Good deeds start with an intent. Good deeds start with just that sort of that feeling of, hey, I, I'm thinking of doing this. And so, even if you have that starting point, even if you just have the intent, even if you just have that feeling, and then you entertain it as far as you can go, or you get distracted, or you get busy, or you can't, or whatever the case is, that's okay. Just always keep asking yourself, what's the best thing I could do right now? What's the best thing I could do this week? What's the best thing I could do this year? What's the best thing I could do for my wife? What's the best thing I could do for my mom? What's the best thing I could do for my friend? And again, you might have a thousand thoughts as you're driving down the road that keep coming to mind and going out of your mind. But guess what? For each one of those thoughts, inshallah ta'ala, if they, it was an actual, you know what? I should do that. You know what? I do plan on doing that. Whether you end up doing it or not, just the fact that you had that determination, inshallah, Allah keeps rewarding you. How amazing. What a beautiful thing to, a habit to constantly, and we all know the opposite. We all know the opposite is what? That evil thoughts keep coming to mind. Well, I'm not going to act on it, but if I could, I'd do this. Well, if I had a lot of money, I'd do that. I'd do all this, you know, evil things, and I'd do all this. And if I had the ability to, oh, I'd take revenge on that person. And you see, when you build it up, and you say, well, they're just thoughts. No, these are creating diseases of the heart. 
And this is creating some sort of hatred and evil inside of you. So if we can see how, how dangerous the negative is, then we should also recognize and respect how good the positive is and Allah is rewarding you for it. Now, the question is, why didn't the person end up doing the good deed? What was the cause for the person not doing the good deed? Well, there's two possible possibilities. One is that he was prevented from doing so, therefore his reward is going to be even greater. But if he just decided against it, or just got distracted, then the reward is going to be lesser. But still, the idea is what? That in both cases, there's still a reward just for having the intent of doing good. SubhanAllah, what a blessing. The hadith goes on. وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ عِنْدَهُ عَشَرَ حَسَنَاتٍ إِلَى سَبَعَةِ but if he intended it and also did it, then Allah the most glorious and the most great, he is going to record for him up to 10 times, 700 times or even more than this. So what is the idea here? That subhanAllah, this is the mercy of Allah that if you, you had the intention to come to the masjid today, right? And then you came to the masjid today. You're on Yom Al-Qiyamah, on Judgment Day, you don't just get the reward of coming to the masjid once. Just for tonight, appearing today, and just for doing the prayer, and just for you making wudu, because each of these things you had the intent and you did it. Because of that, you get minimum 10 times. SubhanAllah, you're gonna be, inshaAllah, if it is, a deed is accepted by Allah, t minimum 10 times, and then if, let's say the intention was really good. Let's say you did it with a lot of sincerity. It could be up to 700 times, and it could even be more than that. The idea is that we have no idea. Millions upon millions, you have no idea. It all depends on how much sincerity was behind it, how much effort was behind it, how much love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was behind it, how much the intent you wanted to please Allah and be forgiven for your uh, sins. And this is the mercy of Allah. Imagine showing up on Judgment Day and seeing lifetimes upon lifetimes upon lifetimes of good deeds thinking, I didn't do all that. I didn't live hundreds and thousands and millions of lifetimes. How could I? And Allah is telling you what? That this is my mercy. And we know this from the Qur'an, Allah mentions 10 times, as a minimum. Allah says, مَنْ, من جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُوَ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا That whoever comes on Judgment Day with a good deed, he will have 10 times the like thereof. 10 times just for one good deed. And then in terms of the 700, Allah mentions that as well in the Qur'an. Allah mentions, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَمْبَتَتْ سَبَعَ سَنَابِلَ فِي كُلِّ سَبَعَةٍ of those who spend their wealth in Allah's way, in Allah's, uh, in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is like a seed which grows seven spikes. Each spike has a hundred grains. And Allah multiplies His reward for whom, whoever He wills. And Allah is the all-encompassing and all-knowing. So both, it's beautiful that in the hadith, the Prophet is making uh, note of ten times, which is the minimum, which is a verse of the Qur'an in, in, in Surah An'am. And then seven hundred times, that's mentioned in Surah Baqarah. And then even more than that, that is also mentioned where? That is also mentioned subhanAllah in the Qur'an when Allah Ta'ala, for example, talks about patience. Allah says, Allah says, with regards to the unlimited amount, Allah says, indeed, the patient, people who show patience, they will be given their reward without any account. As in, nobody's going to calculate it. Nobody's going to say, was it, was it 10 or 100 or 700 or a million? It just keeps going. Why? For the patient. That means you did a good deed, but you, you struggled through it. And Allah says, بِغَيْرِ hisab, With no accounting, nobody can measure the amount. So subhanAllah, this is something that we want to uh, uh, always keep in, the, in our forefront of our minds. The incredible mercy of Allah, how He keeps on rewarding. No matter how small our deed, Alhamdulillah, Allah keeps giving and keeps giving. And we should not be, uh, uh, and there's a hadith about this, uh, specifically about the 700. The Prophet says what? جَاءَ رَجُلٌ بِنَاقَةٍ مَخْتُومَةٍ That a man came once with a she-camel that was muzzled. 
And, uh, and, and he said, this is what? He said, uh, He said, this is for the sake of Allah. I'm giving this for, you know, someone who's poor or someone to, let's say, who needs, needs to ride, whether it be on a journey or whether it be on war, whatever the case is, I'm giving this for Allah's sake. And keep in mind, giving a camel back then is like similar to us giving a car. It's not, it's not a small thing. It's not like, oh, well, it's like, uh, you know, giving $5 in charity. No, no. We're talking about like giving something significant. The Prophet says what? قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى لَكَ بِهَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ سَبْعُمِئَةِ نَاقَةٍ كُلُّهَا مَخْتُومَةٍ That on Judgment Day, you'll be given 700, you, it's, it, it's, you'll be given the reward of giving 700 of these camels, each of them muzzled. So each of them have all the details that you gave. Nothing is going to be short. 700 and even the details of it being muzzled, that, that as well, you're going to be rewarded for. Allahu Akbar, this is the incredible reward that is waiting for the believer on Judgment Day. So this should be encouragement for all of us to say, Ya Allah, Maybe my deeds are small, but your mercy is so great. So I'm going to keep giving and keep giving. It's going to keep on multiplying. And the real question is this. If this ratio is so in our favor, then what type of a person would end up in hellfire? That's really you have to ask yourself. It, what type of a person? We should never despair in the mercy of Allah. We should never think to ourselves that Allah is out to get us. We should never think, oh, I did one slip. Therefore, Allah is just trying, waiting for me to make that one slip to catch me and to torture me. Like as if uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, na'udhu billah, uh, is, is sadistic or you know, uh, taking pleasure in the, in the pain of others. We, we should never think like this. And the proof is, is exactly in the text itself that the Prophet is teaching us that no, Allah wants to give you mercy and He's going to multiply your good so much. But how much evil must a person do for their evil to outweigh their good? And how much must they neglect repentance and charity and good deeds and prayer? How much must they neglect it in order to be of those who uh, would actually have their evil outweighing? SubhanAllah, may Allah protect us. Then the next portion, وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِسَيْئَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حَسَنَةً كَامِلَةً But if he intends an evil but does not commit it, then Allah will write down a good deed for him. Imagine this. Imagine you have the determination, you have the, 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 the intent, I should say, not the azm, not the firm determination, but just the intent, like I, I plan on doing something evil. But then you say, you know what, forget about it. You know? So because that's the question, why did he stop? So there's two reasons why the person could stop. This hadith is talking about those who they said, you know what, I'm not going to do it because for the sake of Allah. So you had the intention, you were walking towards, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, a person's on the way to the bar, right? And they're like, tonight I'm going to drink, right? And so they're walking, they're walking, and then they stop and say, you know what, it's a waste of money, and plus it's haram, I shouldn't be doing this, it's evil, it's not good for my body, it's, it's displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something bad might happen when you get drunk, so I, who knows what could happen. You know what, uh, turns back, walks away. Just for that, he gets good deeds. Why? Because instead of doing the good, doing the evil, he just decided against it. SubhanAllah, you get a hasana for that. Now, this is different than the one who was intending evil and then was prevented from it even though he had full intention to do it. That's different. That person actually, because he had full intent to do it and was completely determined to do it, he still gets the evil deed. And this is mentioned actually in a different hadith. The Prophet says what? إِذَا إِلْتَقَى الْمُسْلِمَانِ بِسَيْفَيْهِمَا فَالْقَاتِلُ وَالْمَقْتُولُ فِي النَّارِ فقلت يا رسول الله هذا القاتل فما بال المقتول قال إن إنه كان حريصا على قتل صاحبه that when the Prophet said that when two Muslims meet each other with both of them with their swords as in they're willing to fight and kill each other both the killer and the killed are in the fire and so the person the, the, the narrator his name was Abu Bakr he said يا رسول الله O Messenger of Allah I understand for the murderer but what about the one who was killed the one who was killed why is he in the fire and then he responded and said, إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَرِيصًا عَلَىٰ قَطْرِ صَاحِبِهِ He had the intention of killing the, his, his Muslim brother. So both of them had firm intent to kill, 
It's just one was successful, the other one was not. But both of them did such a great evil deed that both of them deserved the fire for the intent of murdering and one actually carried it out. And neither of them changed their mind. That's the whole point. Same thing with the Prophet says uh, in a lengthy hadith, I'm not going to go through the whole narration, but basically in this world there are four types of people. Those who, Abdun Razaqahullahu Malan wa Ilman that a person who has, uh, uh, Allah provides him with wealth and with knowledge, and so he has taqwa, he has fear of Allah, and that he nurtures his, kinds of, his ties of kinship, and that he knows what Allah's rights are, and so he has the highest of ranks. Then somebody who was not given knowledge, he was not given wealth, but he still had the intention to be like that person, and so he gets the same reward. Now, does he get the exact same reward? No, we know that the one who actually does it gets multiplied. But he gets in the same line of the same reward. Like, in other words, he still goes down that road of being rewarded. Maybe not to the same extent. So, still, he gets that similar reward. And then the slave, the abd who, what? He was provided with wealth and with knowledge, but instead he decides to do the opposite, he decides to do evil. And we can go into the hadith in detail, but I'm just uh, paraphrasing. But basically he does not have taqwa of Allah, he does not maintain the ties of kinship, and he does not fulfill Allah's rights. And so this becomes of the most despicable ranks. And then there's another person who has none of that. He has no knowledge and no, no wealth, but he still has the intention of following that person, so he is similar in reward. So again, you have the idea of if you intend it, and you never turn back from that, then you get the same reward, and may Allah protect us from having evil intentions. Yes. Um, yeah, we should definitely not have persistent evil thoughts in our minds, whether it be hatred, jealousy, arrogance, uh, love of evil deeds, all of these things can f- uh, fester in the heart and be sinful. And in fact, Allah mentions, Indeed, those who, they like it, they love it, that immorality should spread amongst the believers, these people will have a painful punishment. So they didn't do anything, they just loved it. They just had the love of it. And that love is enough for you to get punished. So this hadith that we're talking about is about somebody who had the intention, but then he went against that intention. So that's different than somebody who nurtures that intention. I hope the difference is clear, inshallah. Good. Then the final portion of the hadith is what? وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَمَهَ اللَّهُ سَيَّةً وَاحِدَةً This is the mercy of Allah, that if you had the intention to do evil, and then you finally did the evil, only one evil deed is recorded against you. Just one. It wasn't, not ten, not seven hundred, etc., etc. Just, not thousands, just one evil deed is uh, recorded against you. Evil deeds don't, in general, they do not get multiplied. They can be amplified. So this is something to be cautious of. An evil deed might not, Allah doesn't say, I multiply evil deeds, but they can be amplified. They, they, so not in terms of uh, qu- uh, quantity, but in quality, it can be worsened. How can evil deeds be worsened? Through different scenarios. An evil deed during Ramadan is worse than outside of Ramadan. So it's not being multiplied, like the same way good deeds are multiplied in Ramadan, but it can be amplified in the sense that it is worse for you, because this is the month of Ramadan, you should have more respect. And the fact that you have less respect, Therefore, it's a worse deed. Same thing with if you are in the haram, if you are in, let's say, Mecca or Medina, you're in, a sanct- or you're in the masjid, to do an evil deed, it is now worse. It is not multiplied, but it is magnified, or it is, uh, the, the, the quality of it is worse. Same thing with if you belittle, if you belittle uh, uh, your evil. So if I do an evil deed, but I feel you know, that I know it was ugly, I'm not going to go around bragging about it, right? So bragging about it and feeling proud of it, or belittle saying, oh, it was nothing, Allah's going to forgive. Allah forgives whatever I want Him to forgive. Speaking sort of in a disrespectful way, this is all going to multiply and magnify the evil deed. In fact, Ibn Mas'ud, عنه, he says, in al-mu'mina, يَرَى ذُنُوبَهُ كَأَنَّهُ قَاعِدٌ تَحْتَ جَبَلٍ يَخَافُ أَنْ يَقَعَ عَلَيْهِ وَإِنَّ الْفَاجِرْ يَرَى ذُنُوبَهُ كَذُبَابٍ مَرَّ عَلَىٰ أَنْفِهِ 
that uh, Ibn Mas'udi says, a believer, a, a true believer, he sees his sins like he's sitting underneath a mountain, and there's a, he's sitting underneath a mountain, and he's afraid it's going to fall on him. Every time you do an evil deed, the believer feels like it's this big mountain that's going to crush him. So you have that fear of Allah. Whereas the fajr, the open sinner, the wicked person, he sees his sins like a fly in his face. Just swat it away, no problem. No, no, it's no big deal, just, just swat it. Just like a fly buzzing in front of your nose. So subhanAllah, we want to have an attitude that evil is, is evil. I mean, it's not even about the size of the sin necessarily, it's about the one that you are sinning against. The fact that Allah is so great, how can I do an evil deed against that is displeasing to Allah? Yes. And uh, yes, what are other, other reasons why an evil deed can be amplified? An evil deed could be worse in quality uh, uh, when there is less drive, when there's less impetus, when there's less reason to do that evil. And this is described in a hadith that is so amazing, it's so scary too. The Prophet says what? ثَلَاثَةٌ لَا يُكَلِّمُهُمُ اللَّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَا يُزَكِّيهِمْ And in another narration, وَلَا يَنْظُرُ In addition to this, وَلَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ so, three people who Allah will not speak to on Judgment Day, He won't look at them, and He will not, and, and for them, uh, yeah, he, will not, he will not speak to them, He will not absolve them, purify them, He will not look at them, and they will have a painful torment. Who are these three people? An old adulterer, a king who is a liar, and a proud poor person. So you can see the connection between these three. I, I hope it's clear. If you are a young man who commits adultery, that's bad. But if you become an old man, it's much worse. Why? Because the drive is not there. Or we shouldn't say it's not there, we should say it's lessened, right? As you become in your old age, obviously you can control these uh, desires a lot more. You're not like a young man who's, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, in the prime of his life and, you know, just full of hormones. And You're not like that anymore. You're an old man, you have experience, you have wisdom, and you can calm down. So an old man who is still committing zina, subhanAllah, this is something that Allah was not going to look at. The number two is who? A king who is a liar. Usually somebody lies when they are in a weak position because they're afraid. You know, the cop pulls you over and you feel afraid. And so you say, oh no, no, I was, uh, I was going the speed limit, officer. You know? And so you, it's, a, it's a fear thing, you know? He's, he's, he's going to get me in trouble. So you say some, some sort of lie because you're in a position of weakness. But a king is in a position of power. What are you lying for? You're, you're on top. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, what are you afraid of? You're the king. There's no reason to lie. And number three is al-a'il al-mustakbir. The, 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 uh, Poor person who is proud. See, again, being proud is a sin no matter who you are. But at least if you're rich, then you know, there's the fitna, there's the, the test, the trial, that wealth is coming to me, it's making me feel a bit arrogant, and so you're always struggling to push it down, right? And that's what you should do. You should always push that arrogance down if ever you're uh, feeling it because of your wealth, because of your status, whatever. But what if you have no money and no status? Nothing. And yet you're still walking around like you're the king of the world. SubhanAllah, are you kidding me? You have no reason to be proud. Have at least, at least let humility enter into your heart a little bit. So, subhanAllah, this is a very, very ugly position to be in. Now, technically, so there are certain sins that seem to be described as possibly being multiplied, uh, certain evil deeds, but this is very, very specific. Like, for example, for the Prophet it says what? Uh, Allah says, وَلَوْ لَا أَنْ ثَبَّتْنَاكَ لَقَدَ كِدْتَ and if we had not strengthened you, you would have almost inclined a little to them, and uh, then if you had done that, we would have made you taste double the punishment. So there is a mentioning of doubling the punishment. This is if the Messenger of Allah, if he fell into evil and obeyed the disbelievers, Allah is saying you would have had double the punishment. Why? Because you are a prophet. And same thing with the wives of the Prophet, it says, Ya Nisa al Nabi, man yatimin kunna bifahishatin mubayinatin yudaf. 
That, O wives of the Prophet, whoever of you should commit a clear immorality, for her is the punishment, uh, for her the punishment would be double, uh, uh, doubled twofold. So in other words, because you are a wife of the Messenger for you to commit an open immorality, you get double the punishment. So they were held to a higher uh, standard because these are examples. The Prophet being an example for uh, the believers and also uh, the wives of the Prophet being an example for the, uh, uh, the, the women amongst the believers as well. It's very unfortunate that many people, they've, they feel that they have some sort of elevated status uh, because of, let's say, their family or their country or their nationality or their language, yet they don't feel the pressure that, oh man, because I have this elevated status, if I do bad, it's even worse. That you, I mean, look, you can't, it's, it's, you, they, they go hand in hand. If you're going to say, oh, you know me, I come from a, a family or a lineage of very righteous people, and my uncle was a, or my, my, my grandfather was a sheikh and this and that, okay, then you should feel even more pressure that if you do a sin, it's ten times worse. No, I'm not saying literally, I'm just saying you should feel that. Uh, you should feel that pressure. And Allah knows best. And so the final hadith that I want to, want to mention on this regard, uh, in this regard, is that the Prophet said what? لَمَّا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْخَلْقِ كَتَبَ فِي كِتَابِهِ فَهُوَ عِنْدَهُ فَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ إِنَّ رَحْمَتِي تَغْلِبُ غَضَبِي That when Allah created the creation, as He was upon the throne, and He put down in His book that was with Him, He put down and He, 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 he decreed what? Indeed, my mercy supersedes my wrath. That this is the declaration that Allah made for the whole universe. That what? My mercy supersedes my wrath. And so this hadith is a clear explanation and uh, 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 emphasis on that fact that Allah's mercy is going to always supersede His wrath. And so we should always be hopeful in Allah's mercy. And I hope inshallah ta'ala all of us are, um, I hope the one takeaway, if we take away nothing else, always consider the good that you can do. Even if it doesn't go somewhere, just keep considering it. Keep thinking to yourself, what could, what's the best thing I could do right now? Whether you do it or not, just keep thinking this thought. What's the best thing I could do after this halaqah? What's the best thing I could do when I get home? What's the best thing I could do this week? What's the best thing I could do? And just keep thinking about your, the possibilities. Allow your mind to entertain these thoughts often. Why? Because some of them will turn into actual actions. And those that don't, as long as you really intended it, and as, as long as you thought, hey, this is actually a good idea, maybe I could pull this off, inshallah you'll get rewarded just for the thought. Allahu Akbar, what a beautiful, what a beautiful hadith, what beautiful encouragement. May Allah always keep us of those who are contemplating as much good as possible. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.